When you go to Europe, you'll see so many beautiful churches and cathedrals. When I went to Spain, oh, my goodness, Barcelona, that Gaudi uh, the church just was so amazing. Their culture has been totally rooted and entrenched in Christianity. So many famous artists produce their masterpieces with Christian ideas. So many genius musicians compose beautiful music with Christian themes. So many brilliant writers wrote wonderful books about spiritual insights and spiritual ideas they learned from Jesus. Christianity has influenced the whole Europe. Politics, culture, art, architecture, and lifestyle. Everywhere, every corner of Europe, you see the mark and trace of Christianity. Do you know where it all started? It started at Philippi. It all began from Philippi. That, is a, that was the story that you read today. That's, that was the beginning of the mission to Europe. Philippi was the first city in Europe to receive Jesus' teaching through Paul. So it's like entrance gate for the European mission. So a small thing that start there and spread the whole Europe. It was Paul, Silas, Luke, and Timothy who started this mission to Europe. The very first European Christian was not a man, was a woman, rich businesswoman. Her name is, was Lydia. At first, Paul did not want to go to uh, Europe. He did not want to go to Philippi. He had somewhere else in mind. But somehow the spirit prohibited him from going to a place he wanted to go. Instead, spirit sent him to Europe, to Philippi. When you really uh, read other uh, letters of St. Paul and all that, you realize that the reason he could not go where he wanted to go was because he was sick. He, was, he had this illness, so he planned to go some uh, place, but he couldn't go. So instead, instead of going there, he went to Troas, which was a big city and uh, many hospitals. And there in Troas, he met Luke. Luke was a physician, and also he was the author of the book that we just read, book of Acts. So he was the author of Acts, but also he was physician. So Paul met Luke in Troas, and from there, Luke joined Paul to go to Philippi. That's why uh, when uh, Luke wrote uh, this Acts, all uh, throughout, he said, uh, they went to this place, they went to that place, and all that. And then at one point, uh, he said, we uh, 
went to a certain place. For example, we set sail from Troas because he was with uh, uh, Luke was with them and took a straight course to Samothrace. The following day to Neapolis and from there to Philippi, which is a leading city of the district of Macedonia and a Roman colony. So Luke wrote uh, that we went. And then Luke stayed in Philippi for about three years. And Paul and other people went uh, to Thessalonica. And from there, uh, from then, uh, the, the, the Luke wrote they instead of we. After Paul and Silas had passed through uh, Amph Amphipolis and Apollonia, they came to Thessalonica, where there was a synagogue of the Jews. So somehow Luke saw all this as the work of the Holy Spirit. That was how Luke saw his life. There may be visible reasons why we did this and we did not do in our lives. Why we chose to go to a certain school. Why we chose certain occupation and job. You may have all the human reasons why you did certain things. Obvious, visible reasons. But Luke saw that behind it all. There is work of the Spirit. Behind all the visible reasons, there is work of the Spirit. Paul was sick and could not go to place where he wanted to go. Instead, went to Philippi. Paul had visible reason, clear reason, but Luke saw that as Holy Spirit blocking him from going to a certain place and sending him to another place place. I agree with the way Luke saw what was going on in his life. Behind what we do, my friends, there is a spirit, the Holy Spirit, who is working. We don't understand everything that is going on in our lives. Only in retrospect, when we look back, we can only see partially what, why the spirit blocked me? Why spirit opened this new door for me? Right now, when we went through it, we don't know why uh, the spirit did it. But when we look back, we can see the trace of the Holy Spirit. We can see what spirit was doing in our lives. I hope that you can see your life in that way. You may have all the visible reasons, but behind it all, there is, there is a spirit who's working behind you. That's how St. Paul saw his life. He had the same attitude. St. Paul believed that the Holy Spirit was, was working behind him, behind what he was doing. That was the power of uh, St. Paul. That gave Paul joy. Knowing the Holy Spirit was working behind his life, that gave him the confidence and joy in his life. So when he was at Philippi, he had this joy. 
Whenever he was thinking about people at Philippi, he, the, the, the joy was aroused. So later when he was in another city, another prison, he was thinking about uh, the Philippi, the Christians in Philippi, and then this joy came up. So he wrote this letter to the Philippians, and then he said this. I thank my God every time I remember you, constantly praying with joy in every one of my prayers for all of you because of your sharing the gospel from the first day until now. I am confident of this. This is very important. That the one who began a good work among you will bring it to completion by the day of Jesus Christ. I hope that you remember this. Memorize this. One who began a good work will bring it to complete, uh, uh, completion when the right time comes. Memorize it. I told my uh, women's group Bible study, memorize it. Write it down. And some people actually wrote it down and put it uh, on the kitchen, uh, uh, in the kitchen. Paul remembered Christians in Philippi and he was filled with joy. If I go away somewhere, probably when I think about St. Timothy, that will be the same thing. I'll be filled with joy whenever, whenever I think about you guys. Because joy is arising uh, from us. Paul never, never imagined what he was doing was so important. He never imagined that what he was doing at Philippi would change the whole Europe whole world. He never had that kind of uh, imag uh, imagination. He was just doing, uh, teaching uh, the, the Christian message to the people here then. He was in prison uh, all this stuff. What he, what he was going through, uh, he went through a lot, but he never imagined that what he did would be so big and so have, will have so much profound impact on Europe and on but he had this confidence. Even when he did the, um, uh, the, the minimum things uh, at Philippi, he had this God who began a good work here will bring it to completion someday in the future. He had that confidence. And so what he did, the small thing that he did grew and grew and grew and influenced the whole world. That is exactly what Jesus taught us. He said, therefore, what is the kingdom of God like? And to what should I compare it? It is like mustard seed that someone took and sowed in the garden. It grew and became a tree. And the birds of the air made nests in its branches. Mustard seed is so small that you cannot even see. And became a tree. And the trees, uh, the birds came and rested. He believed that behind everything he did, there was God and he would make everything beautiful. That belief gave Paul joy. Mission at Philippi wasn't easy. Right from the beginning, it was challenging, difficult. The first thing uh, that happened to Paul was injustice. He experienced racism, anti-Semitism, flogging, 
imprisonment. Listen. When they had brought them before the magistrates, they said, these men are disturbing our city. They are Jews. Very explicit anti-Semitism, racism he experienced. He was arrested unjustly and flogged unlawfully. He was probably with 39 times. When you read other letters of St. Paul, he said that I was bitten, I was whipped 39 times, five times. 39 lashes, five times. At that time, the a whip was like a leather uh, thingy and then uh, it had uh, uh, kind of thongs. And, uh, uh, thing. and then some people said 39 strands, uh, thongs. And then at the end of it, it wasn't just a leather uh, at the end of it, there was a metal uh, or uh, the uh, bone. So when you're whipped, you're not just bruised. When you're whipped up about 39 times, your whole flesh was ripped apart. So half dead. And then he was thrown into the deep uh, corner of the prison in the basement, probably pitch dark. He was the darkest place he was thrown into. Paul could have wondered. I mean, spirit prohibited me from going where I wanted to go. And then he said, letting me here. And then all I experience is the imprisonment and I'm about to die. Paul could have, I mean, uh, was it Paul? Yeah, Paul. Yeah, Paul could have wondered and questioned, what is this? You know, my friends, when life is hard, when we feel that life is unjust or unfair, we ask this question, why? Why God? Why aren't you liberating me? Why is my problem getting worse and worse? Why my life is not getting any better? What is your will for me? I'm in this darkness. When are you going to get me out of this darkness? You may wonder. You may question that. Paul could have asked that question, but he didn't. What did they do? What did Paul and Silas do? They prayed and sang hymns to God. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. What gave them this joy? When you experience these things really in your life, not just theoretically, when you experience this kind of thing in your life, can you sing hymns? And can you pray? Can you praise God even then? They were singing in the darkness. Negative spirit did not control them. What gave them this joy? Oh my goodness, human victory. Human, I mean, this is so, such a powerful attitude towards life. Where did they get that kind of power?
A song in the darkness is the perfect song. Joy in the midst of suffering is a perfect joy. That is what real joy is like. We may live with human joy. I love it. Human joy gives us tremendous uh, pleasure. Yes, it's great to have it. For example, when you're promoted or your children are doing so well and your health is really good and then everything is going all right and then you are filled with joy, human joy. Human joy is good to enjoy. But the problem, you know what the problem is? Problem is when the storm comes, it will drive every single of it away from you. The storms of life will drive away the human joy that you enjoy. Like last Saturday. Oh my goodness, storm everywhere. The big trees, when you go up north, big trees are just uprooted totally. We got flat tires too. So, young me was driving and then we didn't even know that, uh, and that there were so many debris on the road and we didn't know. Sunday, Saturday, uh, she was driving and the Sunday morning we uh, woke up and then uh, tried, uh, came to church, uh, come to church and it was flat tires, both tires. So I tried to use my Uber. I didn't know how to use it. And it's $131. No, $131. Is there a cheap way of uh, getting to church? So, yeah, let's run. And we ran and, uh, to the subway. And then we took the subway and asked uh, Dave, can you please pick us up at the subway? So he picked me up, picked us up. The problem with human joy is, I mean, it's great to have it. But when storms of life come, they will drive away that human joy. But the joy spirit gives us, the joy spirit gives us will withstand the storms of life. Not only will it withstand, but it will become perfect joy. I pray that all of you The joy spirit gives. Not the human joy. That's not everything, my friends. The human joy that you have is not everything. There is a spiritual joy. There is a joy that spirit gives us. That God gives us. I hope that you experience and you have that joy. With that joy, Paul and Silas prayed and sang hymns to God. Their singing must have been so beautiful. It was midnight, 12 o'clock at night. It was midnight. All the prisoners were sleeping. And at night, you know, the sound travels, travels further. And at midnight, they were singing hymns. And then the other prisoners could say, shut up. We are trying to sleep. They could have said that. But instead of doing that, what did they, what did they do? Listen. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And the 
prisoners were listening to them. They were listening. They were not bothered by the noise. So it was not noise to them. It was mel beautiful melody to them. It comforted them. So they were listening. When you look at Hebrew, listen very carefully. That's what it means. Sing when you're sad. Sing when you're hurt. Sing when you're down. It has a power to uplift your spirit. Do you have that joy? Do you have that joy? To Paul, joy was not a just good feeling. Joy was the power. The power to move forward. The power to defeat evil. The imprisonment could not take that power away from Paul. Joy is a big thing for Paul. Philippians is all about joy. When he was thinking about the Philippians, he wrote this. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, rejoice. Do not worry about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be known, made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. God will lift you up. God will give you the strength to move on. We are very sad by what happened in Texas. This time I wasn't just sad, I was angry. They're like my grandchildren's age. I was angry. What a waste. Senseless. I pray that God may give the grieving families the peace which surpasses all understanding. Otherwise, they cannot survive. They just cannot survive without that peace, without that joy. Can we sing in the darkness? Yes, we can. When you have that joy within you, the joy the Spirit gives you, you can sing. Let us sing together.